Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church of Imperial Valley. We would love to help you plan your visit, so we encourage you to visit our website at www.cccciv.org for service times and our events calendar. Or get the app. You'll find the Christ Community Church IV mobile app in your app store for Apple or Android devices. And the school was taking a great deal of finances. Then the earthquake hit and we were trying to solve the issue of finances and everything else. And, and really there was no solution on the table for the elders, including myself. And then one time the Lord woke me up at about two in the morning and I began to pray. And I wasn't even praying about what to do with the school. I wasn't even praying about finances at that time. How many have ever been woken up by the Lord before in the middle of the night? A few of you have, huh? Some of you, when you're woken up by the Lord, you just turn over and you start to go back to sleep again. But I want to encourage you this morning that you should be responding to those times when the Lord wakes you up. If you've never prayed at two, three, four o'clock in the morning, it is so still at those times. Like the psalmist said, I will rise early in the morning and seek your face. There's something about praying early in the morning where you really distinctly hear God's voice that as the day goes on, as things begin to, to roll, how many of you have promised to pray to the Lord, but you never get around to it, even by bedtime? You're like, man, I just never got around to it, and you feel a little bit guilty. Let me encourage you. God can speak some of the greatest things to your heart if you begin to respond at those times in the morning. And the Lord did that to me. He's done that to me a number of times throughout my ministry with him. And he woke me up one time, it was about two in the morning, and I began to pray. I wasn't praying about finances, and I wasn't praying about what to do with our Christian school. I was just praying, and I was seeking the Lord, and I was praying. Some of my prayer time is in tongues, and I'm just praying, and I'm seeking the Lord, and, and, and all of a sudden, as clear as a bell, he speaks to my heart, and he says, stop the school. Stop the school. We... We put sweat and blood in that for years. We, we're, we're up through high school. We've, this ministry is rolling. There's a number. There's over 100 students enrolled in it. And the Lord specifically told me to stop the school. And I called an emergency elders meeting that, that next day. I said, we need to meet. And I don't remember if it was that day we met, but it was right, right after that. And we got together and I said, the Lord told me that we need to stop the school. And we did. And had we not done it, we would have been in big trouble financially. Now, some businessmen here know what I'm talking about. If you've got your own business and there's been you know, problems that you faced that seemed impossible and you just did not have a solution, and you're one of those guys who seeks the Lord, you know that God has given you this supernatural wisdom at times, and you don't even know where it came from. You don't even know where it came from. It happens in counseling sessions sometimes when you're counseling with somebody and you just don't have it in you. And I, and I found myself in this position as a pastor. We do counseling and I've had married couples sit across the desk and all of a sudden, man, there's just no breaking through and I have no answer. And then all of a sudden, the Lord gives me this answer, and, and I, I bring it to the table right in the middle of the, the counseling session. They're like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. And then they walk out of the office later, and you pat yourself on the back. No, you don't do that. 
But it, how many have ever had that happen before? You didn't have it in you. And you say, man, that was totally God. That was totally God. The Holy Spirit manifests himself sometimes that way with a word of wisdom. Another way that he manifests himself, another revelation gift, is a word of knowledge. A word of knowledge. This is important because people underestimate this gift. In fact, some of you may not even know at times when you exercise it. You may not know. You may have been given supernatural knowledge about something specific. And that's what the word of knowledge is. It's receiving supernatural knowledge about some specific situation. And, and you may have manifested this gift before. The Holy Spirit may have manifested in you. And you never knew what it was before. I'll give you one of my life stories because that's all I know right now with me personally and how this functioned. I've, I've probably shared this with you before, but there was a time where I was on a ministry, minister's retreat, Griselle and I, we were up at Forest Home, which is a Christian camp, and there were pastors from all over California that were at this retreat. And Ridge Burns, the guy who was the director of, of uh, Forest Home at the time, had all the pastors together. And there were about 50 or 60 of us. And he's got these pastors and he's addressing them. And all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, somebody here is battling with unforgiveness. And I want you to declare it right now. <laughs> I was a young pastor at the time. I mean, these were many of them seasoned pastors. And, you know, I heard them speaking over a couple days and they're just, they're much more mature than me. And I thought it was the flesh. And I told Grisel about it. And, and I finally responded to the Lord and I spoke it. And I said, I said, Ridge, I've got something to say. The Lord just gave me something. And somebody here is battling with unforgiveness. And nobody responded at first. And I don't know if you know what that feels like, but we were talking about silence, how people aren't used to silence. Well, this was deafening and nobody responded. And then all of a sudden, this pastor raises his hand and says, that's me. And everybody gathered around him and they prayed for him and he found release. And later on, he shared with me, he said that he had been battling unforgiveness for about six years. Uh, his son had offended him in such a bad way that he just couldn't cut it loose and it was affecting him spiritually. It was choking him out spiritually. But I want you to think about how the Lord called that out. The Lord gave me a word of knowledge at that time. Not that I'm anybody special. In fact, I don't know if he gave it to other pastors in, in the room because I had hesitated. I, I don't know if others were hesitating, but, but he gave that word of knowledge. Now think about that. He came up to me last. He said, for the first time in six years, I actually felt like I was free. Thank you for responding in obedience to the Lord. Now think about how that blessed his body when he was able to go back there and no longer live in that unforgiveness. See, that's what a word of knowledge is. It's when God gives you something supernaturally, some information, some knowledge that you can't learn by yourself and something that you don't previously know, but the Lord puts it on your heart about somebody or a specific situation. That's called a word of knowledge. And God still does those things today. The next one is discerning of spirits, supernatural ability to detect an evil spirit. That's what the discerning of spirits is. Now, let me just say this real quick. Some people say they have the gift of discernment. And they'll come up and they'll say something specifically 
about somebody in their life and they proclaim to have a gift of discernment. And I don't think that's a gift of discernment. I think it's God giving a word of knowledge because gift of discernment is not in the Bible. Distinguishing and discerning between spirits is. And you say, well, why would God need to do that? Why would the Holy Spirit manifest in that way? And I would put before you because not everything that happens in church is of God. Wherever God's spirit is manifesting, the flesh can manifest. You know, the Bible speaks of different spirits. The spirit of man, the evil spirit, Satan and his entourage, the fallen angels, the good angels, the Holy Spirit. And that's what we want in, in the life of Christ Community Church. We want the Holy Spirit manifesting. But to be honest with you, sometimes it isn't the Holy Spirit. Sometimes Satan can manifest through somebody in church. I'll give you an example. You remember Peter in Matthew chapter, hmm, I, I want to say 22, but it isn't. It's 18, I think. 18. Matthew 18. Matthew 18 is what it is. Matthew 18, where Jesus, you know, says, who do you say I am to Peter? And Peter says, you are the son of the living God. You are the Christ. You're the anointed one. And he makes this profession up at Caesarea Philippi where all this darkness exists. But then you read a few passages later and Jesus is talking about going to the cross and dying. And Peter pulls him aside. And the Bible says he actually starts to rebuke him. He says, not you, Lord. Now, his intentions were good. I mean, he respected Jesus. He, he loved Jesus. There, you know, in all of Peter's failures, in all of his shortcomings, and as impetuous as he was at times, and as many times as he put his foot in his mouth, there was no question that Peter loved Jesus. But he says, you're not going to the cross, Jesus, not you. And Jesus looks at him and says, get thee behind me, Satan. Because things may sound good, and they may sound right, but to be honest with you, it isn't God manifesting. And that's why we need the discerning of spirits. How many revivals have you seen through history? There was one that people were flying in from all over the world to get the supposed anointing and people were on stage. Some of them were crawling on all fours, barking like animals. Women were on stage. They were spreading their legs and making groanings like they were giving birth. And they were saying, we're giving birth to sanctification. And Christian leaders were, were all over the place saying that God is moving. God is moving. No, Satan moves too. Satan moves too. And, and among God's people, Satan manifests sometimes. An evil spirit will manifest I mean, when Jesus cast the demon out of the guy at the synagogue in Mark chapter 1, there he is, and, and there's a synagogue where the Word of God is being preached. And all of a sudden, Satan manifests himself, a demon manifests himself, and Jesus delivers the, the, the man from the demonic spirit. Everybody says, whoa, where did he get this kind of doctrine and this power? 
I'll tell you where it was from. It was from the Holy Spirit. All of Jesus' ministry here on earth was in the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't forget that. I'm probably going to show you in Scripture, trace that with you when we talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit uh, when Pentecost Sunday gets here. But listen to me, please. Not everything's of God. And the Holy Spirit will point that out. And there's been times I've been in a conversation with somebody and they're, they're saying this and it sounds so good and it sounds so right and it sounds like it's of God. And the Holy Spirit quickens my heart and says, that is not of me. Distinguishing of spirits. The next set of gifts is what I would call the vocal gifts. These are those gifts that are given and spoken at that moment in order to build up the body of Christ. They're spoken spontaneously. They're given because God is going to break through with a word supernaturally. And the first one is, happens to be the most controversial one, and that is tongues. Tongues is the supernatural ability to speak in a language unknown to the speaker. That's in verse 10. Now, let me say what 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 is dealing with is primarily the gift of tongues because that was the most abused gift. You'll see if you read those passages of Scripture, there's a private use of tongues, there's a public use of tongues. And both are to be exercised, especially the public use of tongues, in the group setting according to God's Word. And what I would say about the public manifestation of the Holy Spirit through tongues is that this is a message from the Lord to His people given through someone in a language not known to that person. Now, let me clarify something quickly. Godly scholars, many scholars, will say that tongues is spoken only to God. And so any tongue that's given to a congregation is not of the Lord. It's an invalid tongue, even if there's an interpretation. And where they draw that from is if you look at chapter 14, uh, verse 2, it says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Okay? Now, if you go on, it says, For no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. And that's where I differ from everybody else is that the reason is given why they speak to men and to God, for no one understands Him. Only God understands Him. Now, let me say something about that word for there, where it says that He does not speak to men, but to God for. That is the Greek word gar. And two of your most Famous and well-known lexicons, Greek lexicons. One is bag. I hate to get technical, but it's important. So just listen to me, please. You that are nodding off and going to sleep, just, just elbow somebody real quick because this is only going to take a second. Okay, you okay. I saw somebody elbow his wife. <laughs> You're in trouble. <laughs> and so gar, the two, two lexicons are bagged. That's, that's a abbreviation for the four authors that put that lexicon together. Lexicon is really another term for dictionary and takes the Greek words and explains what the Greek words are and how they're used. The other one is lo nida. And I want to read you 
what they both say concerning this. So please hang with me. This is only going to take about 30 seconds more. Look at somebody and say, there's only 30 seconds more. Okay? 30 seconds more. Bagged, B-A-G-D, lexicon says it's a conjunction used to express cause, inference, continuation, or to explain Lonidas says it is a marker of cause or reason between events. And it says it is translated either for or because. Now I want you to read that passage with me again, that verse. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, because no one understands him. So let me just say this. And the reason I bring this up, because there's some movements out there that were taught that if somebody speaks in tongues and it's, it's a message to the congregation and there, it's obvious by the interpretation that it is a message to the congregation, they will say, I had this happen, believe it or not. One of our services, somebody spoke in tongues and there was an interpretation. And it was interesting because in the same service, we had two people that were taught that the gifts had ceased for today and they changed their stance based on what they witnessed because they had never saw it operate according to the scriptures and we had a nice discussion about that but one of them said hey that tongue was not from the lord that was from the flesh and i said well how do you figure that it's an interpretation too and he says well it was spoken to the congregation and not to god the bible says that tongues are spoken to god well it gives you the reason for because no one can understand them except god does that make sense nod yes or no and i'll explain it further Okay. Do you see what he's saying there in verse 2? Now, I'll explain it just a little bit further. <laughs> You'll hear this. You should desire to prophesy because he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues. And so prophesying is basically speaking in a language that everybody understands. Okay, we're going to get to that in a moment. But they they say it's basically speaking in a language that everybody understands. But they don't finish that verse. Now watch this. Look at verse 5 with me, please. Look at your Bible. It says, I wish you all spoke with tongues. What does that say? Okay, that's pretty clear, isn't it? But even more that you prophesied, for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues. Whoa. But does the verse finish there? Unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. The whole idea of tongues and it being exercised in the church in Corinth was there were no interpretations to bring clarity to it. The whole idea is that when God speaks, you should understand. You should understand that if God's going to give a word, if he's going to give a tongue, there needs to be an interpretation. That's the next gift. Okay. The next gift is the, is the gift of interpretation. All right. Interpretation of tongues is this. It is a supernatural ability to interpret the tongue spoken. Listen to me. Interpretation. If somebody speaks in a tongue, by the way, if you're here in Christ Community Church and you're speaking in a tongue and there's no interpretation, I'm telling you, you're out of order. I don't care how Pentecostal, how charismatic you are. The Bible clearly says that one thing the Holy Spirit will never do is contradict his word. Okay, 
The Holy Spirit breathed the word of God. That's what 2 Timothy 3 says. 2 Timothy 3 says that all scripture is God breathed literally. The Holy Spirit is the breath of God, pneuma. And so to say that the Holy Spirit didn't, will contradict his word is to call the Holy Spirit a hypocrite. Okay? So if there is tongue spoken, if there is tongue spoken, there needs to be interpretation. If you're speaking in tongues in church and there is no interpretation, then you're wrong. And I, in fact, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do one entire message just on tongues so we can dive into chapter 12 and dive into chapter 14 to chase it from womb to tomb. Okay? But here's the, the primary issue. God wants any message that's given. He needs it to be understood. And people were going off in tongues. In fact, I've been in a church before where everybody prayed in tongues and everybody was going off in tongues and it was nothing but mass confusion. Nobody could understand anything, but that's the way that church did it. And I would say they're in violation of God's word. It's clear. Now, here's what I was getting at. It doesn't say translation. doesn't say that the Holy Spirit manifests himself in translation. It says in interpretation. What's the big deal? Well, some people get skeptical about tongues because they, somebody gets skeptical about tongues because somebody will give a tongue and it, it may be 30 seconds long and then the interpretation come and it's like two minutes long. Well, let me distinguish between the two. Translation is what we do every day. There's somebody every Sunday, there's somebody in that back room and they're hearing what I'm preaching. And those who are wearing headsets are hearing, hopefully word for word, what I'm saying. They're not interpreting what I say. They're translating what I'm saying. Now, when I was in Thailand and I was teaching, interestingly enough, on the Holy Spirit, I was teaching these pastors. I did a pastor's conference there. They were ignorant of the gifts of the Spirit. They had been taught that the Holy Spirit doesn't really do a lot of activity today, that the Word of God needs to be preached. And I agree with all that, but I believe that the Holy Spirit is just as valuable uh, because something's got to ignite your heart. Something's got to take God's Word and drill it down, and it's the Holy Spirit. So I'm there and I'm, I'm doing this and, and I have an interpreter named Sangla. And, and Sangla knows her Bible. This lady is a Bible student. She knows the Bible, I would say, more than 90% of the people in this congregation today. She knows the Bible that well and I'm glad she was my translator. Okay, so I'm there and I'm preaching to these pastors and she's translating and we're just rolling. And then all of a sudden I said something, you know, because I stop, I, I'll speak for 30 seconds or so. And then I stop and I stop and she goes on and on and on. And the pastors are looking at her and they're going, oh, you know, they're, and I looked at her and I said, that didn't sound like word for word to me. You went way longer. And she said, I was explaining what you were saying. Because what you said, they didn't understand that. And so I was interpreting what you were saying to them. And that's what the gift of interpretation is. The gift of interpretation 
is bringing across the general intent of what God's saying, not translating it word for word. So some people will hear a short tongue or they'll hear a long tongue and a short interpretation. That, that doesn't mean it's invalid because their job isn't to translate that tongue word for word. It's to interpret what God's doing. And he gives that supernaturally. Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. Christ Community Church has campuses in El Centro, Calexico, and Brawley with services in English and in Spanish. Your kids are going to love our kids' church. Plus, we have a lively youth ministry and young adults group. You're welcome to call the church office at 760-337-9400 with your questions. Or leave us a message on the Christ Community Church IV mobile app, the cccivy.org website, or direct message us on social media. We are really looking forward to meeting you. So again, the website is www.cccivy.org or call 760-337-9400 so we can plan your visit.